0: Hello, and welcome to today's Barron's Live. I'm Abby Schultz, a senior writer at Barron's Penta, and I'm here today with Amit Bori, co-founder and CEO of the Global Impact Investing Network. The GIN, as it's known, brings together investors from all across the globe who aim to address global challenges, everything from pandemics to climate change to racial and social inequities. Um, And the GIN recently published initial survey results from investors who manage some 370 billion or so in impact assets. And Ahmed and I will dig into some of those results today. But before we get started, just a reminder, you can write in any questions you might have um, and I'll try to get to them during our session. So Ahmed, since you co-founded the GIN back in 2009, impact investing has grown, its purview has expanded. Um, a lot of initial investments. Well, I guess we're in microfinance, but also in environmental issues where it can sometimes be easier to measure uh, direct positive impacts. Um, but it's become even more complex and diverse. Um, so I was wondering if you could start by giving us a quick definition of what impact investing is, because the terminology can get confusing, I'm sure, for a lot of our listeners. And second, um, if you can then briefly talk about the evolution of impact investing in terms of its depth and breadth and where we are today.
1: Absolutely, and first, let me just say, thank you so much for having me and thanks to all of the, the readers and, and uh, the barons and the, the listeners and participants for this conversation. Um, I um, It's been an incredible um, journey for impact investing and I'll start off just with that, that core definition. We define impact investments as investments that are made with the intention of achieving a positive measurable social or environmental impact alongside a financial return. So in practice, what that means are these are investments that are made into things like affordable housing, um, access to quality health care for low income populations, uh, sustainable agriculture, clean energy, financial inclusion and beyond. Uh, and so impact investing can occur across sectors. Uh, can, it occurs all around the world in the United States, in Europe, but also in places like Africa, Latin America and Asia. Um, and across all asset classes, and we'll come back to that point um, a little on, later in our discussion. Um, in many ways, what we've seen is that impact investing at, you know, in, in the early days, and we very much was organized around kind of like like pockets or niches of activity, you know, things like community investing in the United States. Microfinance in Latin America, things like sustainable agriculture, and in parts of Europe. Um, and over um, you know, the, the time that the gin's been around since 2009, we've seen the market evolve and grow in sophistication and, and depth and breadth. Um, impact investing is now a way that like major institutions all over the world are allocating capital. High net worth individuals working through family offices, private banks, or their own managed funds. Um, and it is now a place where, you know, kind of serious investors can allocate capital to both achieve their financial objectives, um, but also to achieve um, social or environmental impact. You know, investing to in, uh, into um, a better world. Um, and that is what I think is uh, incredibly powerful. Um, the market now stands at over $1.16 trillion based on our latest estimate. And we see tremendous opportunity for growth looking ahead.
0: Um, So you mentioned assets and the diversity of types of assets. So I know the heart of impact investing, at least historically, has been more in private markets. Um, But there's more public market options today, from what I understand, such as green bonds. What's changed and, and why are we seeing that kind of broadening?
1: Well, impact investors fundamentally are interested in investing in solutions to problems. You know, how to get more people access to things like housing, healthcare. Um, you know, a lending that allows them to build businesses in places that, where it's hard to get capital. You know, that could be a rural part of the United States, uh, it could be in India. Um, and, um, and when you're investing in solutions, there's often um, a focus on investing in kind of like younger and growing companies. So we've always seen a lot of impact investing activity in things like private equity, you know, venture capital, private debt and beyond. Um, what we're now seeing, though, is the market evolves, that those who are you know, um, you know, investors who are very active in impact investing, want to be doing more of it, and they want to be thinking about impact investing across their entire portfolio. So we at the GIN are increasingly focused on how investors can approach um, impact investing with a total portfolio approach, looking at how to um, allocate capital across asset classes, everything from cash management to things like um, alternatives. And now, as you mentioned, um, listed equities and beyond. We recently just came out with guidance on how impact investing can be um, executed through Listed Equity Strategy. It's available on our website, but we see a tremendous interest um, in people um, and institutions who want to allocate their capital to help um, you know, uh, uh, strengthen the environment, to help address inequality. Um, and Listed Equities will be an incredibly powerful vehicle, both for large institutional um, investors But also for individuals managing their 401ks but also you know and and working through private banks and family offices
0: that's super interesting because it means you don't need to invest in a private equity fund if you don't have the, the the ability to do that which many individuals don't um that's a that's a great option um so the survey that you did was of of a 300 or or so impact investors across the globe. And one trend that you highlighted was rising inflows of capital from pension funds and insurers. So really big investors. Um, Can you tell us more about what you learned about the types of investors who are putting capital into impact?
1: Absolutely, and and the the survey you're referring to is the largest survey of impact investors in the world. Um, It includes data from over 300 investors. Uh, So we very much um, see it as like a read on the pulse of what's happening in impact investing. Um, We um, are actually like, um, from the survey, we have four publications coming out, um, two that have actually just been issued that we'll speak about and two that are forthcoming. Um, So we will um, have a lot of content um, that will be available around what's happening in impact investing and where the market's going. Um, From some of the the pieces that were all just published um, recently, we have actually um, surfaced a lot of interesting insights. Um, One that you highlighted is that we see more um, impact investment funds are raising significant capital from pension funds and insurance companies. Um, This is a a perfect encapsulation. um, A perfect example of how the market is maturing in sophistication. We see many larger asset owners um, allocating capital to impact investment at, at great scale. If you dial back to when the gym was founded, um, a lot of the activity in impact investing was driven by um, wealthy individuals through family offices, uh, some cases philanthropic foundations who are putting capital to work to help achieve their mission, um, and, um, and also you know, a few um, you know, uh, larger financial institutions. Now it is hard to find a major global bank that does not have an impact investing strategy. Uh, and so that can be a, a big bank in the U.S. It can be one uh, that's abroad, but it is very common and, and typical for this. Um, you know, and that's um, how the markets are operating now. But as we see, institutional asset owners are thinking about this differently because impact investing now has the things they're looking for. It has significant track record. It's operating at a significant scale. Um, and increasingly, um, they're recognizing that impact investing is very much aligned with their fiduciary duty. Um, institutional investors, um, see themselves as stewards of capital, you know, maybe may managing uh, pension fund, managing, uh, money for their pensioners, uh, teachers, healthcare workers, firefighters, and, 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 and police, and, and they, um, are looking, of course, to act in their clients' best interests. Um, and as you, we think about what's happening around the world and in the United States around like a changing climate and its impact, um, uh, on places like Vermont and in Texas and beyond, um, uh, institutional investors see their responsibility in, um, helping to um, uh, invest in a more sustainable and a more inclusive world as a way of uh, achieving their financial obligations to their clients
0: so it's interesting you talk about fiduciary duty which which does seem like, like a perfect reason to be thinking about impact investing but um I'm wondering if there's any sort of danger uh, that you're seeing in um, from public for public pension funds in particular in states where there's legislators and um who have been really attacking investment strategies that seek to address environmental or social issues. Um, what are the risks there?
1: Well, if we zoom out to the big picture, um, and then you know, what we see is that impact investing has very like strong growth, you know even through the pandemic. Um, our historical data um, actually um, you know, published in the, the recent survey um, highlights that we have actually um, seen 18% year-on-year growth, uh, compound annual growth rate over the past five years. Um, from those investors who were um, you know, respondents five years ago, so we're seeing a longitudinal trajectory that's incredibly positive and strong. Now, um, and there is growing momentum um, we see on six continents, and so there's a very strong global trajectory um, towards more impact investment. Now, what we do see, of course, in the United States, is that in some states, um, and particularly in some politicians in certain states, are uh, you are you know, are, um, you know have a part of a political backlash against the consideration of companies who are looking at environmental and social factors. Um, That is certainly driving a lot of discussion and dialogue in the market, but we think the fundamentals of impact investing will continue to be very strong uh, and very compelling across the political spectrum. And what I mean by that is, you know, over um, 75% um, of U.S. voters um, believe that companies should play a role in helping to support a a better society um, and a healthier environment. Um, and we also see that the what impact investors are focused on delivering like like results that improve the lives of people, um, strengthen communities um, and a healthy environment has strong resonance. You know, so things like affordable housing, um, investing in distressed areas, urban and rural, um, helping to increase access to health care, uh, helping to provide more sustainable agriculture, you know, the, the bread and butter of economies and in, in many parts of the, the United States and around the world those fundamentals resonate with a lot of people um, who want to see capital flowing um, towards a, a better world and including their capital um, as voters um, you know, for state pensions and, and um, as well as uh, the pensioners themselves, you know, the workers whose um, uh, money is being managed.
0: Right. Well, it's interesting that you're talking about like the the traction that it's really gotten. And I think and one, one I guess maybe bad result of that has been greenwashing, really. And that's an, an investment firms um, trying to capitalize on the interest in impact investing to, um, to, to gain clients. You know, and, and could you talk about that a little bit? What, are, what is greenwashing and what are some of the effective ways to cope with that?
1: Well, we see our, our role at the GIN is helping to um, support the growth of impact investing all over the world while safeguarding the principles um, that makes sure impact investing actually achieves impact for people on the planet. And so, um, you know, the extent that there are firms out there, um, you know, kind of, you know, um, overselling what they're doing, um, it is a significant risk and it's something that we're concerned about. But we take a lot of comfort that there's a lot of um, positive developments working to address this. Some driven by organizations like us, and others that we're seeing from regulators around the world. Um, from our standpoint, we do a lot of work around helping investors understand what good impact investing looks like. Um, We provide tools and systems like Iris Plus, um, which is a free um, system for measuring, managing and optimizing impact that allows investors to translate those positive intentions. You know, those those um, good hopes that they will actually help to address um, problems in the world to real concrete metrics that they can use to measure their success. Um, And so that's a, you know, um, and so impact measurement plays a critical role in making sure that impact investment actually delivers on what it's aiming to do. We recently took over as host of the um, uh, impact principles um, from the World Bank and the the IFC. Um, And this has over 160 signatories, but these are principles for how investors who are serious about impact can embed impact um, uh, investment into the management of their funds, including a public disclosure of how they're doing so. Um, So these tools help both strengthen the quality of what, what investors will achieve, but also the accountability. Now, couple that with what's happening from regulators, where I think regulators in places like the US, the UK and the EU see um, a, a lot of potential for impact investing to help improve um, their societies and help to strengthen um, their environments. Um, so we're seeing a lot of movement amongst regulators that will help clarify um, you know, what um, you know, how funds are labeled and what strategies are marketed to investors. Um, we are actually, you know, think we've been informing some of those efforts, and we think they will largely be a positive development for the market. The main thing we want them to deliver is truth in advertising. Okay. That people who are looking for investments, um, when they find them, they can actually um, you know, find what they want and have confidence that those products will deliver on their promise.
0: Um, I, I should have said this: this question about greenwashing came from Howard, who's one of our listeners, and um, and I uh, and I. Uh, and, and kind of taking on to that is just you know, like, what could someone like, like Howard or other, other individual investors do to make sure that whatever fund that they're investing in or, or impact investment that they are considering is truly bringing impact?
1: Well, you know, I really appreciate the inquiry from Howard. And I think this is obviously a topic that's um, very, um, you know, central to what the gin does and what our focus is. Um, I would encourage a couple things, you know, if this is an investment that's coming to you through an advisor or something along those lines, I would ask them to like, just to understand how they delineate between good and bad when it comes to an approach or an impact or sustainability, you know, where do they draw the line? What type of analysis that they do? Um, and so that'll help you understand um, just what exactly you're getting and what's under the hood if you speak, uh, so to speak. What I would say, if you're doing this directly yourself, the things I would be looking for is how is this fund articulating its strategy? Um, and, and by the way, actually, I should mention that this is all part of, um, of what I'm reflecting is some of the core characteristics of impact investing that sit on our, our, our website that you can read more about. But first, how are you articulating your strategy? Um, you know, so if it's to transition to a low-carbon economy, or if it's to provide economic opportunity for low-income populations, what does that mean in practice? Uh, and that should be something that the in, um, investment should be able to communicate to you. How are they measuring their success? Are they delivering? You know, how will they know if they're doing a good job and actually living up to that? Um, and then I would also ask about things like, are they signatories to the impact principles? You know, are they um, you know, involved in, in kind of these processes and, and uh, procedures that actually help them um, bolster their approach and help to provide some signals of their, their commitment to it? Um, but these are all a couple of ways to start. Um, but uh, you can find a lot of tools on the Gin website that'll help you along this journey.
0: And what's the web address, just in case? But yes,
1: it's, it's the Gin. Um, the Gin has two eyes, so t h e g i i n dot org Great. Thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah, thanks. So uh, I want to get back to the survey. And um, of those who you surveyed, seventy four percent make impact investments with the intention of getting a financial return. In addition to uh, in addition to making an impact so they want to make an impact but they also want to make make a return from that and um, and then at, from what I understand from the survey results a um, vast majority uh, did realize those returns like that came that came through for them so um, I was wondering if you could just tell us more about the about the results that that you found in terms of, of financial returns as well as impact. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we we see that um, you know, the, as you pointed out, the vast majority, about three quarters of, of um, impact investors are seeking risk-adjusted rates of return. So they want returns that are comparable to what they would get in more conventional investments. Um, of course, there's the added dimension that they're looking; at. Is they also want impact performance. They want to make sure that these investments are having a positive impact on the world. Um, and what we um, you know, see that that has been largely consistent over the years. That um, the, and we expect a lot of the growth in the market will be coming from those institutions and individuals um, that are seeking uh, you kind of competitive returns. Uh, So that is largely what will characterize impact investing going forward. There are some investors who are open, more flexible on return profiles. They tend to be foundations, some individuals, um, and in some cases, like government backed efforts. Um, But that is, um, and they also play an instrumental role in helping to extend the reach of the markets to the next new thing and helping to reach to markets that um, you know, that are um, you know, more uh, kind of like under development in terms of how investment can be sustainably delivered. Uh, incredibly important though. We also see when it comes to um, what, that's about what returns people are seeking um, and prioritizing. <laughs> and then when, in terms of um, financial performance that's being achieved, yeah. we've seen very consistently over the, the 10 plus years that we've been conducting our survey, that the vast majority of investors are meeting or exceeding their um, impact returns, um, or sorry, their financial um, return objectives. Right. In this case, we, um, in the most recent survey, we see that number at 79%, um, which, which is quite strong, particularly if you consider the year that lab, that 2022 was for investments uh, more broadly. Um, so, you know, impact investing has continued to deliver strong, um, you know, um, success at achieving financial objectives for investors. Um, and I think that's important. And that's co- to connect it back to one of the earlier questions, why you see more capital being allocated from major instit- institutions like pension funds and insurance companies that are seeing that track record of performance that is essential for them to participate in this market. Right.
0: And some of the best returns from what I understand are are in private equity, which is perhaps not a surprise. But I, I think the figure from this last survey was they outperformed by 4% over other Other uh, comparable securities over three years. Uh, Do you see private equity continuing to dominate the sector? Um, Partly because of returns and partly because of uh, just other factors in terms of its ability to achieve true impact.
1: Well, we we expect that private equity will continue to be an important component of impact investing. You know, getting back to some of those elements of, um, you know, a lot of the great solutions um, are you know are coming from companies that are still private. You know, and so many impact investors will really be focused on how do you put capital into those strategies, and and it's an incredibly exciting time. We see you know, entrepreneurs, um, you know, those are incredibly seasoned and those who are bring a lot of new energy to the market, trying to use the principles of business to address really important issues, you know, around how to increase access to clean energy. You know, how do you actually build more sustainable models of, um, of agriculture? Um, how do we actually meet the needs of low-income populations with things like healthcare and housing and beyond? Um, and so that will always, whether it's private equity or private debt, that will always be a very active and thriving part of impact investing. Um, but we increasingly you know, see impact investors are looking for opportunities to have an impact across their entire portfolio. So real assets, whether that's in areas like housing and agriculture, will continue to be a core part of impact investing. And now that we've issued this guidance, you know, which is a, you know, a, a really um, something we have only done um, for the first time just a couple of months ago, we expect to see that that'll help shape how a lot of investors are thinking about how to achieve positive impact through listed equities. So we expect continued growth um, in listed equities and listed debt as the market um, uh, continues to evolve.
0: Um, And what about sector diversity in terms of where impact impact dollars are going? I know that some of the findings from the survey showed that housing, which you've mentioned a few times, and information and communication technologies are among the fastest growing allocations. particularly among those who you surveyed five years ago and then those who surveyed again, so that, that, that cohort who has been impact investing for a long time. I'm wondering why you see those categories growing and, um, and you know, what are some of the other things that, that investors are focusing on?
1: Yeah, what we see increasingly is that, um, you know, there's a a kind of a spreading of impact investing across a wide variety of sectors. So Mm -hmm. people are increasingly, this is, you know, incredibly like entrepreneurial and innovative time where a lot of people are exploring how to achieve impact um, in new areas. Um, And I think that's um, a a great energy that we want to continue to support and harness going forward. You know, housing, of course, is a critical need, and we're seeing that globally. Um, and that is, um, you know, in a response to the evolution of cities and what we're seeing in terms of broader demographic shifts. Um, and so we expect to see housing as a core area of focus for impact investors going forward. And in part, places like the United States, it's actually where a lot of impact investing started, dating back to the 1960s and 70s. Um, and so there's a lot of track record experience um, in those models. Now, when it comes to technology, um, we see technology being applied in a variety of areas, and that will continue to grow. So, fintech, which is really around like how technology can be used to extend financial services to low-income populations, um, has been a huge area for a long time, with and only signs of continued growth. Areas like agricultural technology, which can be doing things like helping farmers um, you who know, are quite rural you know, be connected to markets in ways that are enabled by technology, um, and also, of course, climate tech. All kinds of different ways in which. Um, technology can play a role in helping to address the climate uh, crisis. Um, are yeah, you know, will continue to grow and thrive. In terms of other new areas, just to highlight kind of what's on the horizon, yeah. we see a lot of interest in impact investing. When you think about the environmental space, a lot of the focus has been on climate and particularly on on, on energy. Yeah. But we're also seeing that impact investors who've been focused on energy are also broadening out to other areas of you know thinking about where the um, environment can play an important role. So other types of climate solutions, these can be nature-based, things like sustainable agriculture and, and forestry, mm. um, but also technologies, as I was just talking about, but also looking more broadly about how impact investing can play a role in helping to um, you know, preserve the health of the oceans and marine ecosystems. So blue economy, um, it's not an area of huge capital allocations yet, but it's a huge area of tremendous interest, and we're seeing growing interest around um, the role that investment plays in helping to protect and preserve and, and regenerate nature. Um, and that's an area we expect to see gro- a lot of growth all over the world. You know, places like the United States, but also in places like Brazil, Europe, um, Indonesia, and beyond.
0: Um, that's fascinating. So many, <laughs> so many options and opportunities, um, and. We've also touched on this a little bit when actually when you talk about total portfolio management, and I'm wondering if this is related, um, just this shift to um, on the part of a lot of impact investors to think about systemic change, you know, seeking to make fundamental changes in housing or the environment beyond just one impact investment. Uh, what trends are you observing in that in that realm?
1: Well, one of the things that we see is that, um, you, know, you know, impact investors who are um, you know, thinking about how to solve a problem, like, you mm-hmm. know, for example, it can be how do we actually get you know, housing that's more affordable, and more accessible to the working class and and, and lower income populations, yeah. um, you know, are, are increasingly recognizing that you both have to deliver you know, great um, investments, build great projects, um, um, but also thinking about how do you influence broader systems. Um, you know, climate change is an incredible um, you know, example of this as well, where you can't just have a successful portfolio. We need actually bigger systemic shifts if we're going to address these systemic problems. I think what's exciting for impact investors is they're thinking about not only how to deliver great results when it comes to the impact for people and for the environment, but also on the financial side but also thinking about how do you actually connect to a broader ecosystem of like-minded investors who are kind of like, you know, pushing towards the same end game um, and the same bigger goal. And that's where a network like The Gin is so, um, you know, important, so valuable, I think. You know, we, we have over 400 members in close to 60 countries around the world. They're incredibly diverse. They're you know, across six continents. We have huge global institutions. We have small boutiques. Um, but what links them all is an interest in not only making great deals and and, and delivering great kind of performance, but also in being part of a community and ecosystem that is shifting the way that the, um, and shifting the broader system towards a more sustainable and inclusive model. Um, And that's something I think that will connect with a lot of investors who are not yet active um, in impact investing to date. uh, And also just a lot of people who would like to see Their retirement savings, uh, you know, and and you know, um, you know, being invested in, not just having, um, being able to afford their expenses in retirement, but actually investing in creating a better world to retire in.
0: So, by systemic, it's really this networking, uh, like joining forces, is is where real change can happen.
1: That's right. And it's making sure that, you know, the, the sum of the parts um, is greater than yeah. the parts themselves. You know, like we want these things to add up to something that's actually moving the needle on these right. big issues that we're all contending with.
0: Um, how do you see changes on the regulatory front, particularly from Europe, affecting impact strategies?
1: Well, what we've seen is that impact investing has largely been driven by the private sector. You know, so people who are actually um, taking it upon themselves and making the choice and exercising the freedom to invest um, in a way that actually you know, delivers positive um, impact. Mm-hmm. What we now see, though, of course, is that um, this is getting a lot of traction. You know, as we mentioned, the market's over a trillion dollars in size and growing, um, and it's gotten the attention of a lot of regulators. Um, and in part, the, the um, regulators are thinking about this through two dimensions. One is um, you know, helping to mitigate greenwashing, which is incredibly right. helpful, making sure that um, you know, it's protecting investors, that they're actually getting the products that, that do what they say that they will do. Um, And we think that can help support, um, as I mentioned earlier, safeguarding the principles of what makes impact investing special. The other thing that regulators are interested in is actually mobilizing more capital to the broader developmental agenda. So governments want to improve the health of their societies. They want to actually create better outcomes for all people um, uh, living in their respective countries um, and that can play. In, uh, and so they're also thinking about how to channel more capital um, towards those ends. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you know, with any regulation, we see that um, it also provides complexity and challenge. And so one of the things we do a lot of work on within our network um, is uh, is helping to educate our members on how to navigate an evolving um, regulation, um, just so that they can actually like, um, you know, understand how the regulation can play a supportive role in their practices and how they, of course, they can figure out the best ways to, uh, um, you know, to comply with an evolving regulatory landscape.
0: Right. Um, so one other aspect of your survey was that um, you found that Many organizations, um, banks, foundations, investment managers, they plan to reduce their volume of investments going into this coming year. Um, I think the only exception was family offices. Um, but I- I'm wondering how you think impact investing will be affected, you know, given the economic uh, challenges, the geopolitical challenges um, that we're all facing right
1: now. Yeah. Well, we we see that the the fundamentals for impact investing on a long-term basis are incredibly strong. You know, we we see a lot of growth as we we talked about. People are achieving both financial performance and impact performance. um, And that, of course, will drive greater growth, that people are getting what they expect. Um, uh, You know, we we see a lot of investors who've consistently over the last um, 10 plus years been increasing their allocations to impact investment overall. Um, what we do expect though in this current environment is that investors across the board, not just in impact investing or signaling that they'll be more cautious in this time um, of uncertainty and of volatility. Um, and even it's worth even noting um, that at the time we conducted the survey just a few months ago, it was prior to the big bump we've seen in the in the stock market, you know, right. as a result of AI and things. And so, even the landscape, um, I don't know if we get the same answers if we just took the same pulse, um, you know, a couple months later. Um, but what we expect is that there's two things happening. Um, of course, investors are, you know, if they're exiting investments, are going to try to time the market to get the best returns, um, you know, for their clients and, and for themselves. Sure. Um, and we'll also see that, um, you know, investors are, are around the, the roller are, are just assessing kind of what's happening in terms of you know, interest rates, the broader macroeconomic environment. Um, but, you know, the markets uh, obviously operate with cycles. Um, this is you know, something that's much bigger and, and broader than just impact investing. Uh, we don't expect um, you know, impact investing um, to be immune from those dynamics, but we do expect that yeah. there is a, a, um, a durability to yeah. impact investing that will continue to sustain going forward.
0: That's great. Well, thank you, Ahmed. This was fascinating. I always appreciate hearing your insights about the impact investing world. And to our listeners, please join us again on Monday when Barron's Senior Managing Editor Lauren Rublin and Deputy Editor Ben Levison discuss the outlook for financial markets, industry sectors, and stocks. Thanks, everyone. Have a great weekend.
1: Thanks for having me. Goodbye. The
0: energy transition is a long and winding road, and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com.